cliffcentral.com. We do have Anthea. So let's yeah. get straight into that and see what Anthea has for us. First, uh, a, a song, of course. It's uh, what we do. So here it is. She works hard for the money. And by the way, Anthea has a book which is still available. Buy it and get your personal finances in order. You'll need that more than ever now. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning, team. How is everybody today? Yeah, we're all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm coping, I think. So right. it's getting a bit boring now, hey? being locked up at home. Are you bored? Because you're, an, you're an outdoor kind of person. You like to get out there and do things, and you run around, and you swim, and you do these Ironmans. And... <laughs> yeah, because I haven't done my exercise yet this morning, so I'm dressed for it after this, after this. <laughs> Did you do any exercise over the weekend? Because I tried really hard. The only day I missed was Saturday. Yeah, I did. Not very much, though. It is, oh, it's too hard. Like, I don't know what these people are doing running marathons in their backyards. <laughs> I can't, I don't get it. It's crazy. In fact, because it was ultra, it was um, two oceans this weekend. And even my 60 year old aunt did a half marathon in her driveway. Excuse me? Wow. I know. These people are crazy. One of my friends said, oh, it's a family problem. Oh, that, yeah. did, is that yes, does yes. she have the the most enormous driveway in the world, or was she just running round and round in circles? Oh no, I'll have to send you the picture. She was just running round in circles out of her garage. It is literally two cars deep. Oh, wow. her driveway and her garage. <laughs> she did up twenty-one kilometers round and round. You have to old. be insane. I mean, exactly. That is, oh. It's crazy, right? Okay, so Anthea, um, let's get to the, the, the gist of this morning. There's so much to talk about. So in the money shot this morning, the banks, what are they saying? Um, so most of the banks, it's all bad news, I'm afraid. It's not, you know, just retail banks, commercial banks, as well as central banks, everybody's saying that they're expecting the global economy to fall by more than $5 trillion. That's basically Japan. Let's like take out Japan out of the global economic equation. Um, and that's what they're thinking this coronavirus is going to cause. That's the, the, the detriment, if you like, that they're going to cause. I mean, we are seeing, I must say, a real dislocation between the real economy and the stock market. Because last week, the all share was up 4% overall. And so I had a quick look at what where we are more or less. And... In, on the 18th of Feb at 58,187, down to the trough, 37,963, that was a 35% fall. But since then, from the trough, from, from the 19th of March, we've recovered 25%. So, so we've already had in the stock market this little bounce. And, and I, don't, I hate calling out shares, uh, especially shares that have fallen so much. But Sasol was up 73% last week alone. What are they doing there? <clears throat> is, that just well, a, is that just a recalibration of the disastrous ride that it took before that? I heard people saying yeah. you should buy Sasol shares. You said just be careful. I remember you saying just be cautious. Yes. And so I bought some Sasol shares, but very little. You know, I'm not going to throw all my savings into Sasol. 
And also the question is where to from here? So, so I bought it about 31 Rand and then it fell to 27 and I thought, oh, that was a bad, bad investment. But now it's trading at 74 Rand 50. Um, this is very much far away, like basically a tenth of its all time highs almost, you know. So this is a share that last year was trading at 480 Rand. And, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of weird. In fact, I looked at what we call implied volatility on the New York Stock Exchange during the week. And normally, South African implied volatility, just to give you an idea, is about 26%. The VIX trades in, in like kind of mid, the VIX is the volatility index, or otherwise known as the fear gauge. It trades kind of in, in the mid-teens. The VIX is trading at 42. That's where the index level is at the moment. Last week, Cecil implied volatility was over 300%. I have not seen that in my day. In 2008, um, when volatilities went through the roof, because volatility basically is the measure of the change in the share price, right? And, and so nobody knows where it's going. So, so, so Cecil, for example, from 480 a year ago to kind of a 27 rand a share three weeks ago to now a 74 rand share, that's volatility for you. And great for the traders. If they're smart and if they kind of get their timing right, which is difficult, if they're a day trader, I think you can get in and out of these shares and make some money. And so, by the way, that brings me to another thing, because I've had a couple of people say to me, should I be trading online now because everybody's got time, right? So the smart ones are saying, oh, how much should I be invested? Let me get hold of my finances. Let me do a little budget and every month put away something. Yeah. The, the ones who are wanting to double and triple their money are going, oh, day trading, I should be trading Sassel, getting out of it, getting in at 30, getting out at 70. But actually you don't know because I wouldn't have guessed that Sassel was going to go to 74 and 50. Not, not basically in two days, you know, from 40 to 70 in two days. Um, and then a friend of mine also messaged me and said she'd heard about um, what she wasn't, she wasn't sure what it was. And I, sorry, I, I actually had forgotten. I wanted to look this up. I'm going to look this up as we're speaking. <laughs> she asked me about a company called, and now we're, we're quick, Crowd One. Mm -hmm. And basically she said, what is your opinion? Is it a scam or a pyramid scheme? And honestly, I'd never even heard of Crowd One. And so I had to look them up. And, you know, it's actually not that difficult. You just, if you're not sure if it's a pyramid scheme or some sort of scam, then all you do is go on to FISCA, F-S-C-A, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, onto their website, F-S-C-A, mm -hmm. and look them up. You can actually look them up. Or you just do a Google search, and it'll give you people's opinions about whether this is a scam or a pyramid scheme. And um, is it? I, I actually love to give my opinion because I still <laughs> Okay, and so you don't have to directly answer, but does it work on a hierarchy of someone being on top and then two more underneath, then five more underneath that? <laughs> blink twice. And, Sounds dodgy. And I, in, I, I'm not in. I'm in, not in. Count me so they call them, they, they're, First of all, they're not registered on the Fisker website. Okay. There's a clue. And then they call themselves marketing uh, or internet marketing or some sort of, so you know how this is going to work, right? You sell to someone who sells to two other people who sells to two other people. Pyramid and the scheme. last man standing. I love how diplomatic she was in her answer. <laughs> that was perfect. So if you think it's a pyramid scheme, blink twice. 
All right. Don't, <laughs> look, I, I can say this because I'm not a financial services person. Don't, don't throw your money around now. Just sit tight because, for God's sake, you know, you, you, could be, you could make a massive upside on this if you're lucky. But the chances of you actually losing your money are even greater because of this volatility. So just stay out if you're not sure. Well, I have a question. I, I think this is a good mm-hmm. You finish your thoughts and then I'll ask my question. So I do think this is actually not a bad time to be invested in the market, but don't throw everything at it and don't go into one share. Kind of be in managed funds and understand that even though we've bounced 25% off the lows, which in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was, is fantastic. I wouldn't mind making 25% overall in three weeks, like annualize that. But um, I, I think what you, you want to be aware of is that the market could take another leg down. And so it's okay. Just don't panic and then sell just because the market's down 10%. You, you know, I think long-term, in the next two years, people are going to make a lot of money. No doubt about that. I, I know that this market always bounces back. And actually, you know what? I read an article this weekend where they were saying already we're seeing signs of kind of recovery or recovery trends, if you like, uh, because obviously China's starting to open and Hermes in China reported a record sales day, $2.7 million in one store, not even the largest store in China. And that's on the day they reopened. So people are saving some money and then going out and shopping the minute they get a chance to. <laughs> Luxury goods. Wow. Yeah. So, so I think we will see some recovery when this is over. How long it takes, of course, is the question. And which companies survive and which companies don't is the other question. All right. I do want to get to a few of the, of the big headlines, though. So the World Bank has put out a report this week saying that they're expecting sub-Saharan Africa to shrink on average between 25 and 5% in terms of our economy. Is that right? That's right, yes. Um, so this is a scary number. And again, I think the World Bank are making... Predictions which are fairly hard to, to, to say for sure, because we don't actually know that the coronavirus is over yet. We, we don't know that when, you know, China's not going to have a second surge or that how far the U.S. is going to take this or what's happening in Europe, let alone South Africa. Yeah. Um, but there's no doubt um, that, that we are going to see a contraction in the global economy, for one, and definitely the sub-Saharan number is very scary. I mean, I saw numbers over the weekend again. Obviously, I read a lot over this weekend. Um, <laughs> saying, saying that in sub-Saharan Africa, or in Africa, sorry, not sub-Saharan, in Africa, in the second quarter, so this is April, uh, May, June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second quarter, that we're looking for a contraction in the economy in double digit, like 20 and 30 percent, which is just like something you've never seen. That didn't even happen in the Great Depression. But I think what they're doing when they're talking about contraction was that you see. When they're talking about this kind of 5% um, contraction in the global economy, it's for this year, and so it's the average. So I think if you're looking at a 30%, call it, um, decline or contraction in the, in the economy for the second quarter, then they're probably looking for a fairly sharp expansion in the uh, third and fourth quarter. I, I would say, to make up for that loss in the second quarter. All right, tell me about what's, ha- what's happening with oil. 
Oh, yes, because you've seen how volatile that is, and that's all yeah. over the place. So they had a... And we've seen Donald Trump tweeting about the OPEC deal. What did he... Well, I, didn't, I hardly follow Twitter anymore. What <laughs> he, did he is say? Is he upset that he wasn't involved in it? <laughs> that it's not 10 million barrels. It's actually 20 million barrels. It's 20 it million. Ba- I'm the greatest deal maker. Anyway, what is the, what is the deal that's been reached? I can't believe he said that because... <laughs> It initially, I think it was on Thursday, they had their virtual meeting. And um, I, the first headline I saw was 20 million barrels per day that they were going to cut. Um, but eventually it came out that they're only cutting 10 million barrels per day, which is a little bit disappointing um, because the market was expecting between 10 and 15 million barrels uh, per day to be cut. No. Um, and in fact, I think that we are consuming uh, the, the, the kind of contraction in consuming has, or consumption has decreased, I should say, by more has, than that. Because we've got, you know, most industries yeah. shut down and people aren't driving anywhere. And in South Africa, our oil consumption must be at an all-time low. Exactly. And this when the petrol price is so low. Um, and, and two things. One, first of all, probably because Mexico declined to agree to this, um, what they were saying. And secondly, I don't think the U.S. was even involved in this decision. So they're now calling it OPEC plus, right? Because they are OPEC, like the 14, well, no, actually now it's only 12 of the 14 original OPEC countries. And the one country that's not in OPEC is Russia, but they were involved in this deal. So they're calling it OPEC plus. OPEC plus plus would include the US and they weren't even in this meeting. So I don't know what Donald Trump's tweeting about. Well, let's not worry about what he's tweeting about at the moment, because it seems like a lot of those tweets are just him acting out like a like an influencer Mbulelo described earlier in the show, um, who's just lost their influence. Some good news on the local front. So the rand has strengthened from $19, uh, 19 rand to the dollar a few weeks ago to eighteen fifteen. That's good news. Fantastic. In fact, I looked, I checked a few minutes ago, and it's strengthening even more. It's getting closer to 18 now. So obviously, Asian tra- Asia's started trading already. We only start trading in an hour, two hours' time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, so this looks like it's going to be another good day. And this is exactly what I mean between the dislocation between the real economy and the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I must say, though, the Reserve Bank has done phenomenally well. You know, last week they announced that they bought a billion rand in bonds. Um, and this is when they were saying that they're expecting the economy to fall by 4% this year, to contract by 4%. So, Anthea, are you saying... <laughs> In, in other words, that there could be an economy worth saving by the end of this uh, month. Uh, how can I put this diplomatically? There might be a reason for us to wake up in May and actually go to work. I think that, oh, I think of all the reasons, this is the most important. You have to get back to work in May. Yeah. Like it's time. Like and shoulder to the grindstone, right? Uh-huh. May's the time to right. make hay while the sun shines. Okay. Kumi, you had a question. Well, first I found the Donald Tweet Trump from fifteen hours ago. Do you want to hear it? Please. Having been involved in the negotiations, to put it mildly, the number that OPEC Plus is looking to cut is 20 million barrels a day, not the 10 million that is generally being reported. If anything near this happens and the world gets back to business from the COVID-19 disaster, the energy industry will be strong again. 
far faster than <laughs> currently anticipated. Thank you to all those who worked with me on getting this very big business back on track. In particular, Russia and Saudi Arabia. This man is spectacular. He's basically inserting himself into the Saudi-Russia deal. <laughs> that's what it was. It was but so is, it started off with any, a war. None of that is none of that is factually inaccurate. It was. You even said just now it was twenty million. Not barrels. any of it. Yeah. <laughs> No, but he doesn't so they were looking. They were so we were hoping that they would uh, cut twenty million yeah. barrels so per not, day. In other words, he's not lying. He's just making it about him. Yeah. Okay. But, but like he said that ten, and that anyway. Uh, mm. Who's to argue with Donald Trump? I mean, right. he knows best, right? Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Pums. You had one other question. Well, the, the question was covered with the OPEC okay. uh, conversation because that's what I wanted to ask about. Ah, so well, thanks. Anthea, we, we may or may not have to talk to you more than once a week as this madness unfolds. Um, but I, I think you're probably on the side of let's get back to work in May and let's, let's actually do the best we can, right? Let's try to get this economy. Work harder started. than ever before. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've also read a lot about this utilitarian argument about lives versus the economy. And actually, I'd rather get rid of COVID-19, you know, to get back to work and then have... But we're a, not going a, a to... Get, let's be clear. The reason we're doing this is not to get rid of it. We're not going to get rid of it. It's still there and it's going to come back in winter. And it's going to come back once or twice after that as well. We're not getting rid of it. The reason we're staying at home is to, to flatten the curve so we don't overwhelm our hospitals and our clinics. That's all. It's not going to get, this is not, you're not going to defeat COVID-19 with a lockdown. So, so what, are you, what are you suggesting, that in May we slowly start working again? Yeah, I think everybody, uh, you know, this is kind of what Pumi says, Dr. Karim, who's in charge of the, the, the command council around coronavirus, he's saying we need to phase the economy back into action and specifically put people who are at low risk, young people, healthy people, back to work so that we can start up parts of the economy and get back to some kind of, in inverted commas, normal as soon as possible. Because otherwise the deaths and the, the amount... If I had to put a number on, on people dying from poverty, and let's say that number was over 10,000 people per 1% unemployment. Let's just, you know, ballpark. If I said 10,000 people falling into poverty from 1% unemployment equals those people going into despair, not being able to feed their families, dying of starvation, uh, lack of hygiene, uh, lack of basic resources, lack of access to medical care, blah, 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 all the things that are the direct result of, of unemployment and poverty. If I put a number on that, and it was more than the number of people who die of coronavirus in total per 1% of unemployment, you would immediately say, hey, you know what, we'll take our chances with with this virus, wouldn't you? Yes, of course. Um, and, and, and we, don't much is like we, don't have, we don't have that number, do we? Exactly. That's right. So, you, so you're, you're guesstimating. So, so my concern was that I also read last week that the mining sector were looking to send 60 to 70 percent of their um, staff back to work. And to me, that's probably... So a big sector for South Africa, and I say big in inverted commas, because in fact it only contributes 8% to the, to the South African economy. But that, that's probably the worst sector to start up the economy again, 
right? Because you're in close contact to each other. So where do you start? You confined you, spaces. That's right. So where do you start? Do you start opening the malls and the shops? So retail sector starts working again. Um, yeah. I mean, so, so our industry, obviously, we're working. You guys are working. I'm working. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and finding uh, this is cliched as well. Right. Find a different way to work that drives me crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> Not, I'm afraid we're out of time on this one. We've got a lot of people to talk to in the next hour. Thank you very much, Anthea. Always good to chat to you. I hope you have a productive week, and uh, we'll chat to you again on Monday. Super, thanks, so guys. You're so much smarter after talking to you, Anthea. Damn right. And, it's a pleasure. And, and Pums, we don't get to see Anthea on a Tuesday usually, so it's nice to have you in on the conversation. Cliffcentral.com.